0: Welcome to Let's Chit Chat Sis, I'm your girl Kimmy. In this episode, we continue with our series, Secrets of the Black Family. We talk about criminals in the family, criminals in our community, and how we absorb the problem, how we try to rectify the problem, and where do we go with these issues. So stay tuned for this very transparent episode. How is everybody doing this evening? Hello, hello. I, love, no, I Fantastic. You. Yes. So we are back to the porch tonight, and we have a guest with us, Miss Deb, and you know, our favorite co host, Chauncey mm-hmm. JV. How's everybody doing this Sunday?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the porch, Deb. Welcome to the porch. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you took um, some time out, Jay, to um, take a breather. I know I saw you the other day um, on your, your um, Facebook. I'm like, Jay, be playing them drums.
1: Like, shout out to you, <laughs> Jay. Hey, can, uh, yeah, thank, can you. I get thank a video? you. Can I get
0: a video Appreciate.
1: lesson? Yes, yes, can i, I a do video really lesson? a video lesson virtual. Yes, yep, we get you some drums and let me know and we'll set up a Zoom. I got you.
0: I'm real no, I want to get the drums like you know, like the ones from um PlayStation, like those kind of drums. But you teach me like how to play drums because I don't have no money to
1: buy a, a drum set. Listen, well, you can do like I did. I started out on pots and pans. Really? Okay, so you can get you some pots and pans. That's exactly what I started out with. And and you only gotta buy a set of drums. Some water buckets. I get yes. you set up a little kit and we get you going, right? We start you tonight. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, because I don't want to get off track, but I just wanted to tell you that, Jay, because I wanted you to give oh, me a lesson. Like it. back in the day, I used to think I was Sheila E. Then I thought I was Apollonia. I thought I was mm-hmm. all the prince. I thought I was all Prince's women because I love Prince. So
1: yes.
2: um and,
0: yeah, and prince
1: was, empowered women. He empowered. Yeah, women. I was one of those he women. He really did. He really did. He was. He was a monster. A genius with that. He really. Yeah. Did. So yeah. I need
0: to know how to play. Um, play the drums so you know okay
1: okay i can <laughs> see you on stage i can see you doing your thing i can see you now i
0: can't sing so i can play the drums so i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> hold you to it so the ninth <laughs> episode the night episode is one of our series of secrets of the black family um and this one is a really good one and i'm going to put a disclosure out here right up front you know we are never here to offend. We are always here to uplift. So this episode is about crime in the family, and crime in the family far as in the Black family in our culture. And we are um, graced by Debbie today, and well, Deb, she is in the law enforcement arena. So we just wanted to get her feedback on what she actually sees. And we're, we're thankful that you're here, Deb, but before we get started and start having just conversation about crime in the family. We're going to talk about our situations of what we see in our family. And, you know, you're a woman of color and we're trying to see the woman of color. We just want to talk about historically what we see, culturally, why things happen away and crime, you know, crime in general, you know, is plaguing our communities. And what can we do to as people of color to try to, um, bring that divide together, you know, as much as we can, because we are not, us four can't sit here and, and solve world crime written neighborhoods. But well, I think we can have episodes like this to help enlighten people to try to do better. I just feel like that's my my take on it. So before we get started, you know, just give us a little brief background. You know, we want to keep your privacy, your privacy, but just a brief, brief background on, um, you know, what you do now that
2: Okay, my name is um, Debbie Deborah Harris. I um, am a mom, child of God, uh, all those things. I've been in and around the law enforcement over thirty years. Mm-hmm. Also, have a degree in human services and behavior health, awesome. and lived in Philly all my life. That's seen awesome. things that you wouldn't believe. Oh. That you know, make me want to cry a lot, make me think a lot and try to understand what is going on. The family dynamic to me Mm -hmm. is the most amazing thing that I think of, or like I would say want to change, but I can't, you know, Mm -hmm. I can only put a little parts in it or my thinking or my experience. Mm-hmm. Or listen to people and kind of figure out what's the mindset, mm-hmm. you know, for me and a lot of families, even with crime and all other things is not what you did is how did you get there?
0: How did you get there? What happened? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Great you point. Know, that's a great point. How did you get there? You know, and I think we can we can touch on that. Um I'm from Philly and I I probably can relate to um, how do you get there? You know, I, I can think about a lot of people that I grew up with and, um, you know, the road turned in different ways for many of them. And mm-hmm. I thought about when they were kids and probably we joked about their home life, but their home life was where it started. You know what I mean? It kind of started where they didn't have many things um, or things that were going on Um, people didn't really address. But I grew up in the, you know, the 60s and late and 70s era, and the family unit was a lot different than what it is now. You know, um, not to say that families um, now are not more um, engaged with each other. I think that it's just um, because a lot of different factors, that dynamic has really changed. So when I was growing up, the block we grew up was we lived in rural homes, everybody knew everybody. Um, even though you knew that family's kind of personal life, you yeah. you you were engaged in that personal life in some sort of manner. You know what I mean especially when the cancer come come to the children. Like if you saw kids acting up or something like that, you know, parent the parent was more receptive to say, Hey, you know what? If I find out you're doing something, they're gonna correct you and then when you get when I get yeah. home you know, it's going to be, I'm going to correct you too. I'm going to whoop your ass. So it's, go, it's going to be something where it's going to be, um, I don't have to worry about the parent coming in, cursing me out and it's going to go away. And, you know, and grandmom, um, and I'm not putting down young grandmoms today because it seems like the age gap has changed a lot now. And um, that wisdom unit is a little bit um, smaller. I'll just say smaller because when my grandma was, in my life, she was um, really the—I would say—the the lead matriarchy. and my mom was was there. But her wisdom was was um, was so guiding in our family. You know, it was just that some things you just didn't do when Grandma was on the scene. You know, but those times have really changed. Um, saying that, we still had criminals in our family. You know what I mean? They was invited to Sunday dinner. Everybody kept their damn pocketbook close because we knew that Warren and Robbie was invited to, to dinner. They're probably going to rob you if you know, and they're not going to rob you with a gun, but they're going to steal something out your pocketbook. You know what I mean? But they've been robbing the neighbors in the neighborhood. We already know they've been doing it, but we won't turn them in, you know what I mean? Because they're our family. We're not going to, we we rather keep dealing with Robbie and whoever because they're the family we're not going to turn them in but we know that they got some big issues and they even rob us and they do shady stuff to us but that's how it is but I think it's even worse now because I think people know and you live in Philly death you saw the incident where the the, the dude had a, a freaking arsenal in the house you know what I mean he had um launchers and and, and all kind of Guns and and it was right next door to a Muslim daycare center, and they just waited to the man just practically went off, and then everybody wanted to come up and say, "Well, we kind of knew, yep. you know, what I mean, that he was in there waiting for World War Five to come launch because he could take the whole block and Temple University down with it." But we ain't said nothing. We're not going to tell anything. So, you know, how does that look now, and why? do we think this is going on? So I'm going to go to you, Chauncey. Um, why do we think that this is really going on? And why can't we change this behavior? Because I've been said a couple things. Crime in the family, Black family, is something that has been going on forever.
3: You know what I mean? Do y'all agree with that? Do we not... Well, I I don't think it's any more prevalent in in African American families than it is in white families, right? I don't I think agree with that. that. Okay, so I think that how we handle it is different. That's and what so I just said. I think, right, and I think how we handle it is different. I think that how it's presented publicly is different.
0: Yeah, but and I don't. I'm gonna stop you right there. That's the that's the point that I'm making. So why? Because I don't want to I don't want to bring in and make a comparison to 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 Caucasian people. I want to just stick right with with us because this is what this topic is about. So why, why do we see this as something that we have been doing for so long? Because we know that everybody's family has nationalities, whatever. But when we think about crime in our family, we do a little bit different when we think about other cultures. Because well, think, we got I snitches think. and things like all kinds of types I haven't even touched on and I hope Deb can jump in, but I don't want to, and this is for everybody before we really get started. I don't want to bring in another culture because I want to stick to our culture. So let's not stray into that because that can go into so many different arms. So I apologize, Chauncey, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to make sure I clarify before it leads into something else. Okay, go ahead.
3: I think that it is, like I said, how we handle it and then our relationship with law enforcement. OK, we have a, we have a natural distrust um, with law enforcement and we've been given reason to mm-hmm. um, historically. So I think that some of it starts there. Um okay. And having the mentality, if we go back a few decades or whatever, that we can handle it better than turning them in. And then we'll never see them again. We'll never, you know, there won't ever be any redemption or whatever the case may be. And then historically we have often been accused of things that we haven't done. And so then when that line started to blur, and, and we did do it so we had the family members who were like, oh my gosh, they would never do that i you know I raised them and I didn't raise them to do to be that way and um so I think that that's kind of where it it, it began and and it started um mm-hmm. you know crime is of course has always been around and I don't care who you are people have always committed crimes right so that that hasn't changed um but I think that having that natural distrust, Um, of law enforcement and them not being in your corner, I think that that's what kind of feeds into what has happened um, over the years and over the decades and how things have changed.
1: Jay? I agree with Chauncey 100%. In the Black communities, there's never been much trust for law enforcement at all. Mm -hmm. So if I have to protect you by not turning you in, then I'm going to protect you. Mm-hmm. by not turning you in. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a huge reason why. And then you you can throw in there shame of the family member committing the type of crime. Like if it's a crime of pedophilia, something of that nature, mm-hmm. that, you know, your shame of that, you're not going to want to turn them in, you know? And then you got also the equation of gangs that, you know, the retaliation of your own family And the game that they are associated with if you turn them in. So those are things that uh, I feel are real factors in our community, but none to me are as great as just the simple fact that it's been very hard for the Black community to trust the judicial system Mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to be treated fairly and Mm -hmm. equally in the hands of the law. So uh, with that unfortunate relationship i agree with chauncey saying that you just don't trust them as you should you know mm-hmm. now there are some though you do some <laughs> your ass is going straight to jail you know that, that it don't matter who it is or nothing there is still that uh tough love i know in some of the communities um that you know people turn in their own children um um, I'm um, that,
0: comment.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think overall, I think just the trust issue with the judicial system has been why I will, if I have to protect you by not turning you in, then I'm going to protect you uh, more so than you having to go away do your time. You know, because you you know that they can eventually either end up dead or in jail if they don't turn from that life of crime.
0: Yeah, so. I, I think I agree with you guys. Like, you know, yeah. um, I, I think about, you know, we, me, Chauncey, and Deb, we kind of talk about it. We had like our pre-call just to, you know, warm up in, to each other. Well, not Chauncey, you know what I mean? But when we think about like crime in a family, um, you know, my, you guys know the story of my grandma and my aunt was, you know, um, taken from this world by murder. And, you know, the the uh, the whole um trial um in trying to figure out um how we even got to you know their lives being taken so uh, viciously you know you you become um you know so staunt in your in your in your memories of who could possibly be uh possibly be uh so mean that they want to do this to you know, my loving grandma and my loving aunt. You know what I mean? Because the house wasn't broken into. You know, it was somebody they let in. You know, so you start thinking about family members and you start saying, "Hey, maybe we should have turned in so and so because you know them. They've been always doing something. You know what I mean? And I don't know where they're at now, but because we try to like limit our our conversation or our our um, contact with them, but I've heard, you know, and I'll, I'll put quotations. I've heard they didn't kill the couple people, and they didn't did this, and they didn't did all kinds of things. So let me go and, um, you know, all bets off now because my grandma is everything to me. I think I'm just going to turn them in. You, you see what I'm saying? Because I I, I think that this is this warrants this warrants me turning them in. You see what I'm saying? So. <laughs> you know, things have to be like at dire straits where you start turning people in and um, it kind of broke a lot of people's um, trust in, in and in we actually, I told Chauncey that we found out one family member was already dead because they was trying to rob somebody and got electrocuted so you didn't even know that had happened, like they were gone they had been dead for several years but you just didn't know that something happened to them, but it took something horrific to happen where you started to self identify but how many other people that go through these t- situations don't do it so this is where i'm going to come back over to them because i'm sure you have some some valuable wisdom that you can tell us cuz you don't have to tell a situation that i know that you know being in law enforcement that you probably run across these situations because there is a disconnect somewhere because The trust, like Chauncey and um, Jay says, is very fragile, you know, because we don't have a history of having support and or we have a history of being deemed as criminal or being um, held responsible for things that we haven't done and so on. It's a whole laundry list, but the trust is not there, to make a long story short. So what... kind of things that you can share with us that you know just in the, in your room that you can share with us in these type of situations that you think could help you see what i'm saying because yeah. i think there's a it's a it's this barrier that we need to have more discussion with what can help because you live in philadelphia i live right outside of philadelphia but we know that crime is and this is all over the country though is skyrocketing, you know what I mean? So, you know, and as I see, there is no difference in children, women, whatever. People are being afflicted with murders and all kinds of uh, violations. And we're not even gonna touch on sex trafficking. All kinds of things are going on. So, um,
2: your thoughts, Dad? Well, and first... I know in law enforcement, we they take the oath to protect, to serve, and all of that, that, you know, there's, we, we're held to a higher standard. Community mm-hmm. put us way up on the pedestal, put people, but we're still human.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yes, there are things that they shouldn't be doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They know there are certain ways to handle situations. Mm-hmm. I just believe it's communication. I would want to know where that particular family or that particular community, and I can't say for all, where did the distrust end for you? Because we can watch the media, we can see, we have seen much arrest mm-hmm. all on TV, things that have happened. Mm-hmm how police handle things Mm -hmm. and then we're then law enforcement officers uh deas fbi are all grouped into one category we're all they're all bad you can't trust them first of all you don't know every officer right you know that is their profession you don't know them personally Mm -hmm. We don't know if they have people in their family with crimes or been murdered on the street or even been murdered by another officer. Mm -hmm. We don't know these things. And I think community communication would be the key. If you're on a certain job and you can see the resistant, you can see they don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. You can kind of like. Somewhere you got to go in empathy. You got to go in grace. You got to go in mercy and say, okay, this person, family member just got killed. Mm-hmm. This family member uh, somehow is apprehended of talking to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How can I get to a place for them to feel comfortable mm-hmm. to talk? And the media never shows where law enforcement do great things. Yeah. And if they showed enough of that, maybe the community could say, well, you know what? They are trying to get the kids off the street. They are doing basketball tournaments. They are doing fundraisers. They are, it are there is communities or organizations that saying, hey, let's go on a trip. Hey, let's talk about your feelings but I know they have to make their money so they're going to make everything bad. Right. And that is not always the case. Right. Yes, is there some in law enforcement that I think that should not be on the job?
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You don't become in law enforcement to be a crook, to be mean, to be a killer, to be any of that. It was already innate. You just carried it with you on this profession. And I just think the most thing to get to trust is communication. We have to communicate. I need to know why you don't like law enforcement. Did they mishandle the way they arrested a family member of yours? Did they mishandle your report did it not get it did it not turn out the way you wanted it to turn out did a detective not get right back to you when you thought they should what is the mistrust what is the issue
0: well i I don't think that's i'll be honest i I think it runs deeper than that deb i think that some Mm -hmm. of the things that um and this let's let's just put the elephant in the room i know you want to say something I'll, i'll let you say it go ahead because i don't want you to forget did you want to say something jay
1: no, well, no, I, I was I was waiting in response to um, what uh, Deb was saying about law enforcement. I do agree that there are a lot of good things that law enforcement is doing as a non-profit organization I'm a part of. We work along with them in an alliance in the community events and doing different things. And I see that. I do believe that boots on the ground uh, that are visible and interacting and uh, in a way of accountability. And what I mean by that is, for instance, and there are times that an officer has clearly gone too far, that another officer is intervening, that there are times that uh, an officer is in in broad daylight or whenever it is that is that he has stopped another officer that is going too far. Um, and I think that would start to reestablish some yes. of the trust that, okay, we realize that there are good people that have the right heart the right attention um, and are not biased that are in law enforcement. And they're going to do their job and do it right. right. Uh, we know that people, officers, do not become racist after they join the academy. We know that. And I don't want to go down that tangent too far. But just to simply say is accountability, I think, will really re- help reestablish trust and you know doing the community events that i'm a part of doing that is great but when the boots are on the ground in that moment when you go into that that neighborhood you know in that time that you see uh, a fellow officer that is gone too far or is quick to prejudge or do whatever that they show some accountability at some point i think that will really help establish some of the trust that OK, the good officers that are doing their job and wear that shield proudly are not going to let someone take advantage of another potentially, you know, person it might have been an offender or not. But, you know, the the level of uh, the way you're was your apprehending them or whatever you call that, you know, how you're handling them and all of those other, other kind of things like that. You're just not going to cross that line. Right. Well, I think that's a part that would help with some of the trust. But most importantly, just boots on the ground. Uh, You know, this is what young people in the community just need to see more officers in the community that aren't there only when they have to arrest somebody. that aren't there only when, you know, they're being called for domestic violence or chasing somebody. But they're there, you know, as visible help to the community, you know, to protect and serve. So that serve part. Um, and I think that would be a part that would really help start to reestablish some trust.
0: Well, and I agree.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, go ahead, Deb.
1: Yeah,
2: I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I have seen even well on social media's um, platforms where officers are out in the community with the community, and somebody's filming. They're dancing together. They're doing yes, together. Yes, yes. They're doing all that. Well, together, and that's good, and, but it needs to be on the media. I agree with you also, officers should s- stop another officer if they're way out of line. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I know some of the way, I know why they don't do it, some of them. Now, there are some that I do know that will call you out in a heartbeat will write up memos, will go to a supervisor. Some of them because they get what they call blacklisted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get, as you call it, like pumped out, talked mm-hmm. about. Right. Um,
1: nobody so talked like bullied, before. Bullied within the bullied. law enforcement. You'd be bullied within the yes. precinct <laughs> because you are a guy that is law. holding coworkers accountable. Yeah. That's right. like
0: so, the old clan stuff. I mean, yes. I, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like some old clan stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you think mm-hmm. about it, that's where it, it. This didn't happen overnight. This is this is centuries of behavior uh, that has actually migrated forward. Um, a couple things before I just roll it back to. Uh, we're talking about the law enforcement side of it, but before I jump to the our side of it, the, the cultural side of it. Um, Boots on the ground, that's really a, a good point you brought up, um, Jay, because you think about it, back in the day, did we not have a lot of our police officer, officers in our area that lived in the area, um, mingled with the neighbors, we knew them, they walked around, they were socially engaged. Um, well, walk in the, the beach. Yeah, right. and that, was just, that was just the norm. And let me tell you, that's what happened with Camden, New Jersey. People talk terrible about Camden, New Jersey. I used to hang in Camden, New Jersey. I remember this um, time I went to a house party in Camden. I probably was like, like 19 years old. Me and my cousin went and they kicked the door down. The whole house fell, the frame fell off the house. And I could just see the Ben Franklin Bridge. And I was just saying to myself, Lord, if I can get across that bridge. I'm not coming over here no more ever again. And my dad was like, anybody tell you to go over there? You know how Camden is, right? You crazy people around know with Camden, right? you trying to hang out with your people. You better get back over here. Long story short, you all know how Camden is now. Camden got it together. When I say, they got it together because what people said they shouldn't do, they did. You know what I mean? They did. They're all on, you know, in their neighborhoods. They're talking to the people. And so they're making the people not feel intimidated. You know what I mean? That's a big word. Intimidation, making me feel that you can take my life. You know what I mean? You can destroy my livelihood. All of those things and above make people withdraw from you you see what i'm saying if you become now i'm not saying you got to be my best friend but you got to build trust with people so you got to get into the trenches with them and now camden has built up you know what i mean you can walk around Camden, and all that nonsense is not going on in camden anymore so they did you know and the major cities are reaching out to camden to say hey what did y'all do you know what i mean what happened mm-hmm. what did you do to change this around because Chauncey you know Deb, you know our Camden was if Camden is small, but you didn't go to Camden, you wouldn't be missing. So you know it's it's a big just switch. But um, you know we're talking about the law enforcement side of, it. and I just want to switch this around really quick because I I don't want to be uh, remiss to say we understand that the, that we have issues with law enforcement. I trust is is very wavered when it comes to law enforcement, but. What about our relationship with our family and knowing that the the accountability for ourselves? You know what I mean. Where do we, you know, change that behavior? You see what I'm saying? Because we can hold police accountable and say, "Hey, you know, I need you to be your brother's keeper. If your your peer, the partner is over there acting a fool, I need you to turn him in. Or if you're a little bit aggressive," You need to not be on here. You need to be behind the desk or so on and so on. You know, what I mean? Well, y'all need to be boots on the ground here. Y'all need to see these kids out here suffering. You need to try to help them and get in, you know, be, stop it before it becomes now they, they are aggressive teenagers and they're out here. But what are we doing to say we already know we have issues, too, because we got to make our our efforts in this as well, because it's not one-sided because we, the topic of this is crime in our family. You know what I mean? We already know law enforcement is coming because once Lil Pook already messed up, they coming, they may not come the way we want them to come, but they coming one way or the other, they coming. So, you know, (laughs) and maybe this doesn't reflect on things that we know right off the top of our head, but we do know things that happen where things don't get addressed. I mean, Chassis.
1: Are you saying? I just want to make sure I understand you. Are you saying not just the not turning them in part, but you're saying is it are we condoning their criminal behavior in the families and just not confronting well, it, them about being criminals?
3: Right, and it's, is that it's the what you're saying?
1: Word,
3: yeah, I think it's the same word okay. that you're using, Jay. Accountability, right? So accountability is for the the law enforcement as as much as it is for us. Um, you know, so I, like Kimmy said, and the point that she brought up in the beginning, I can't know that you, I know that you have a certain history, right? And so, um, if I'm your mother, what am I doing as your mother? See, we're saying families, but we really got to break it down even a little bit further, right? So if you've had a possibly problem child, a problem teenager right
1: so we you know they you are. are let's just call it what it is in this scenario right. we know exactly. they ass is so out there committing crimes
3: they, 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 they not commit do. crimes right doing something that they're not supposed to do right are we just saying to them when they come in you know what you know you're wrong right so um don't be calling me when when things get worse <laughs> You know what I mean? But they still coming in your house every day and going upstairs to their bedroom and doing it, whatever. Yeah, don't be, you know, don't. Because <laughs> my thing was, I told the kids, I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. But I told them, if you did it, don't call me. Don't call you. If you did it, don't call me. I told you what my grandma said.
0: My grandma said, I ain't coming down there and look at you behind the bars. I mean, you can tell you that right now. I'm not coming down there and look at you behind the bars. If you do something. And she used to always have this long saying, and you might have to kill somebody if they try and do something to you but if you go out there stealing I'm not coming down there because you don't have to steal somebody you know going to give you a meal you know I was like grandma that is not true
2: but okay I'm going go along with you because but- yeah. I told my son um, if you get locked up you set up you wasn't sure um, it wasn't you give me a call but right. if you know you did it and they want to call your mama you don't have no mama <laughs>
0: And and don't, and don't get me wrong, let me just say this much Don't get me wrong Things happen to people all the time But I'm saying Don't behavior, you know what I mean Think about this, because I know people like We grew up with Their kids were stealing, doing horrible things And we know a couple like Doing crap now They doing things, and I'm not talking about They doing vicious things, you know And they coming up in your house, laying up in your house Like, okay um, I don't want to just hear that you didn't kill the neighbor. You know what I mean? Killed the neighbor and you coming up in the house, you can't come up in here. You can't come up in here. You know, so but these are the things that I'm talking about. Just like you said, Chai, so we could don't.
3: Crime, right. So it's crime like drugs, right? It is crime like drugs. So like they used to say marijuana was the gateway drug, right? If you smoked it too much yes. and too long and you did too much of it, it was the gateway to harder things. So is that the case for criminal behavior as well? Is there a gateway that, oh, is all time? Um, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think Deb, you have brought up points and conversations, you know, outside of this regarding this is like, you know, how do how do we get there? How, how did we get here? And where did we not cut it off at? And what part do we play or could we play And making sure that it doesn't get any worse. You know, my husband works with adjudicated youth. And so, um, but these kids are 12 and 13 and 14 with criminal records. And what he's trying really hard to do is to help them and, and try to get them rehabilitated then at that age now, even with the mistakes that they've made, so that it doesn't turn into a lifelong or short life lived and committing more crimes.
0: Well, let me just say this before you answer that. I just want to just say this because I I think we, you got to be really careful when you say stuff, when we, how people get there, you know, I think it's so many different factors and so many different layers. You see what I'm saying? Of how people get where they are. Um, when I was young, I made a lot of mistakes. You see what I'm saying? And I think we all make a lot of mistakes. I don't want to say smoking weed gets you there. Because when I was young, I was I smoked weed and did a little crazy things too. But at the end you of the did. day, Jay. You know, when I was You're young, me yourself. I don't care what people think because at the end of the day, I I, I was a young person. I, I was young, young, and you know, I don't I don't care what people think about because I live a good life, you know what I mean? And I don't point my fingers at anybody, but that's that's here or there. But the thing that I'm saying is, um, I know how my parents was. You know what I mean? My parents did not play with me. You know what I mean? That was not up for negotiation. But as soon as I left that house, I was like, I'm going to try this because I'm grown. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't doing it in the Austin house. Hell no. And then I was like, well, that's not for me. You know what I mean? That was not for me because I always knew what. They Austin raised and Joanne raised. You see what I'm saying? And that wasn't for me. So I chose what I knew I, I had instilled in me. But that still didn't stop me from making other mistakes coming down the line, you know.
1: Um can I add something real quick? Okay? I just want to this is a real quick point. I just wanted right. to say I don't know if we mentioned the household um lack of income. In other words, if you
0: property.
1: Yeah, you're hustling because that's what's putting food on the table. So your mom is 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 allowing you to hustle because that's what's putting food on the table yeah. right now. Yeah,
0: that's why so I was getting ready to go to. I was
1: getting That ready to go part to. is a huge factor in, unfortunately, a lot of the communities. Yeah. That that's what's feeding. Putting clothes on the little brother's backs, and they not
0: think about the they not think about what what somebody lost so, or whatever. They gotta
1: eat. And they I'm gotta not gonna turn food. my child in. I'm not. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not. not. I'm gonna so go they to they school. and them. I'm gonna have his back and when the teacher's saying that he's been disruptive, and the teacher's saying they're doing it. I'm gonna have his back, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna snitch on him. I'm not nope. gonna tell anybody on him. I'm gonna nope. protect him in everything I can and any kind of way I can. Yeah, because he's hustling, and bringing money into this house.
0: Yeah. And you think about that. Do we think that's right? No, nope, but that's called survival. You know what I mean? That's their world. That's what they can call survival. So we're not condemning anybody on what they say because that's what they chose. And that's how they're living. And that's reality because that's what a lot of people are doing. I'm like I ain't going up against and tell, tell the cop um, he just dropped a grand on the te- table when he got here today. But he also dropped a Glock too. So I don't know how he got that grand, you know what I mean? But he dropped the Glock on there, too. So I don't know who bought it on there, but he did. But we got a $1,000. We can pay the water bill. I can buy some shoes. And we got some food coming in here. And what I don't know, I just told him, don't be fooling around. I'm going to give him the speech. Don't be messing up, because I don't want nothing to do with that. But you still have to think about, I don't have no other means. So poverty pays a huge, huge factor. in this. Yes. Huge. Huge factor because what do people say all the time when the when when poverty goes up, so does crime. You know what I mean? So does crime. So I, I don't want really. I hate for people to think that you know we we judge we're judging anybody because I no. don't want to judge anybody. No, I'm not judging anybody. No, because that's that's what Jay said. I was you know I'm thankful that you said it, Jay, because I was going to lead into it because um, Jay is a peer um, recovery and he talks to um, um don't you talk to the is it the inmates or people on probation i don't really yeah, know on that.
1: probation and parole right i'm a peer okay. recovery specialist so yeah i have referrals from the Newport news and hampton probation and parole office so everyone is on probation and parole and a uh, substance has substance abuse addiction and or mental illness uh in their record and so yes we we have group sessions but absolutely can be. and then i also go around when I can, COVID's kind of slowed all that down. But talk to the adolescents at the juvenile correction centers. Yes. But I tell you, the, the 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 most that I really like talking to are the young ones that maybe have been identified as at-risk youth. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I say to them is that you know I love talking to you all the most because the other ones I talk to have already locked up mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to speak to them on a preventative. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindset, you know, I kind of agree with you saying, too, Debbie, about the mindset you said early on in the show about that mindset in the home. So it, it starts with that. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, a lot of crimes, as we were saying, are in the homes and there's not going to be anything said about it because of the current situation. Um, yeah. And that that's the part there that um, is going to, I don't know how you're going to ever change that. You know, because this is the reality of, you know, the lifestyle, like you said, survival in the hood.
3: Survival in the hood. And sometimes the criminal element is the family that some of these, are the only family that some of these people have. Yes.
1: Good point, John. They
3: seem more like family than even their own family. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of being in the life, I believe, is due to loyalty. As opposed, to, you know, so, upbringing,
1: right?
3: Right, because yeah. they because they had a lack of upbringing. You know, we mm-hmm. we came through that that um, crack epidemic um, because that's exactly what it was. But so many kids were raising themselves. They were either being raised by grandparents or great grandparents, or and 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 no one to check in on them, or they were raising themselves, or that criminal element took them in. And so then therefore you're talking now that's been 30 years. So technically that's like almost two or three generations within that 30 year time period. So the mindset has completely changed. And, you know, Deb, I'll let you speak more to that because you have more experience with that, but just from the outside looking in, that's definitely um, what, what I've seen. And I've heard them say that, you know, they treat me better than my own family. So then yeah. And then we go back to saying, so then where does the family's responsibility, you know, come in with some of this? Because Kimmy, your question was, do we turn them in? How, how do we, um, what line, you know, what line draws it for each and every family? Cause it's different because yes, there, there are a lot of families where that person is providing food and finances and stuff, but it's a lot of families where they're not. And so, um, you know, what what do we do? Where's our responsibility at? What, what do I say to that, to that son or to that daughter when I say to you, okay, listen, you can't come here anymore. You can't stay here. And you can't do both. You can't break bread at my table. You can't. And there are a lot of families that are struggling and they're in that situation and they have the heart to tell that child or that family member, I don't care. I don't want it. I'd, I'd rather right. stop. I'd rather do it out. Than than to have it this kind of way cuz i can't sleep at night. And so um putting them out versus turning them in and like you said there's just so many different dynamics to this.
1: There's no yeah, way everybody ain't going to be like biggie small's mom in the hood. Right. <laughs> he said, get
3: biggie get out mom. of here. Biggie mom
1: he ain't put him out. Why you get out of here? She, she put big cocaine around. She flushes cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. She put big couches cocaine out of toilet. You can find me Mama's get that right. bowl. so, that,
3: mm-hmm. and so that I would be curious as to you know any type of success stories or any type of situations where you've seen where something positive has come out or um, you know families that have struggled with making that decision and but still made it and you right. know they sure,
0: were and i'm they're sure out there there there's some you know what i mean because you yeah. got you have to trust you got to trust that this is not the only outlet that you will have in life you know what i mean if if you trust and believe that your son or your daughter is the uh is your financial backing being um in the world selling drugs to keep you afloat then you know You know what sentence you have given them. Is that what you want for them as a mother? I'm sure plenty of people have turned the corner and said that that's not what I'm going to sentence my child to jail or death. You know what I mean? Because one is coming. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's just a topic to say that everybody's situation is not the same. Why not to justify it, but it is something of reality. So and I know that you're probably you know, being in law enforcement, you see all kinds of different scenarios, you know, and, you know, if you want to share, you know, something that you see. But just to be able to get ready to wrap this up, um, I think that we still have the biggest thing that hinders both entities, uh, the culture and the um, the law enforcement side is that, the lack of trust and communication is debilitating to being able to get to another milestone of, of reckoning. i saying, how do we resolve um, where we're we at to make it better for these issues that we are trying to fight now, which is crime, poverty, and um, our, our social standings? Because if you live in a crime-ridden area, people are always being scared to tell on their their um family members or even their neighbors you know you you can't be feeling like you're secure you know that's that's also debilitating you have no opportunity to do different you know because of the, just the situation that we're in in this time and you don't trust law enforcement you know that that that's very challenging that's very challenging so um this doesn't this didn't happen overnight and this is probably not gonna change overnight. Um, but we didn't talk about the big elephant in the room and the, the trust that we have with law enforcement is, is back to what we see on the media. We have seen multiple people of color gunned down by the police, you know what I mean? That exasperates, you know, exasperate to a thousand degrees how people of color feel about law enforcement, you know what I mean? And then when you see it go through the judicial system where some people are just acquitted, and you say, how could that be when, you know, um, you didn't even realize what the charges was and how that when it gets down to a jury that what they were charged with, it would be no possible way they were going to be found guilty because But you didn't understand that at the beginning how they were being charged was already set up for them not to be um, found guilty so it's a lot of different factors that we're fighting with that we have to we will never solve on, the, on this episode but just to be able to start to say hey how do we start to join these um these divisions between the culture and the in law enforcement because we already know we're very challenged so Deb not to because um, you've done a great job tonight and we appreciate you being here Just Mm -hmm. in, in, and just in closing, you know, um, maybe you can give us some some helpful suggestions. So I'll just start with you, and then I'll go around to Chauncey, and then Jay.
2: Okay. Well, first, I wanted to go on the law enforcement. We have to do an internal situation with us first before we can really go into the community. Because even with the community of distrust of not knowing, it's also in law enforcement
3: mm-hmm. within
2: ourselves. Mm. And we if we tackle that and then come up with something where if the community see, as you said, Jay, boots on the ground, an officer stopping another officer from going way too far, stopping an action that should not be done, I think that will bring maybe started a little bit, you know, like, hey, okay, they are doing something. Oh, they did stop that officer. Well, I'm glad that the officer stopped them because he had no business doing that. Mm -hmm. And then within law enforcement, we don't have to worry about being blackballed. We don't have to worry about being bullied. We won't mm-hmm. have to worry about being, oh, don't talk to them because they're they a snitch.
1: Mm-hmm. If
2: we can come together and do that, I think things would start helping with the community. As mm-hmm. far as the family,
3: mm-hmm.
2: a lot of the families also, as you say, the uh, their means of your street pharmacist. That's where their money's coming. That's how they eat and how getting clothes Sad to say, I know a few people that that are in that predicament, and I don't judge it, but for me, I would be kind of scared of what could happen to me because not only if you not selling your quota, not paying the money, if they can't find you, they come into the next best thing, and that's family. And I don't think people really think about that, that their life can be in danger also. How they don't, that's why they maybe they don't turn them in, maybe they don't turn them into their supplier. I don't know. Mothers that don't turn their children in also, single moms didn't raise them right. Right. Feel guilty because they weren't there. Right. Perhaps they worked too much. Perhaps they were on drugs. Perhaps Mm -hmm. the father not in the home and the child Mm -hmm. really is resentful and blaming them. Mm -hmm. So they're acting out. What is a single mom to do? What is a single father to do? What is a together mother and father to do Mm -hmm. with a child that does not feel that they belong, that they are loved? Because parents, I'm too busy. I got my own stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you want me to do? And I think we have to In the family unit, perhaps they have to have a conversation, see where the breakdown is, because just like generational curse, it just happens in the family generation. Mom and dad got this child raising it the best way they can. The child feels they're not getting what they need. Now they have children. It just cycle just keeps going. And, you know, and it's like you can be there physically, Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: if you're not there emotionally, mentally, spiritually that child is not getting everything of you. right? And that's where all the love, because in a child, they only going to go by what their family say. As you know, they have things, oh, you ugly, you too dark, you this, 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 and that. Whatever families say to children right. when they're growing up. Somebody like us, Jay, that has the, the groups and all of that come and say, you're beautiful, you're You're amazing they're not going to believe that because they're only going to believe what the family, what their family told them. You're bad. You're nothing. You're just like your father. You're this, this, and that. So you tell them that enough, they're going to go out there and be like that. So I think it's your words. As they say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie that they told us for years. That is a
1: lie. That's right. That is a lie. Words hurt.
2: Words hurt. And if it's not corrected, it can be a whole big balloon. And that's why you have the kids out here that's doing what they're doing. And what I meant, I wanted to clear up when I said, how did you get there? I guess I was on the facet of those that murder, those that rape, those that are molesters. Those, that's what I mean. I mean, like, you got your weed smokers. You got you make mistakes. Lord knows I made enough.
1: Shout
2: out but to the I, news I don't news. even know why it wasn't, <laughs> <in his> pistol, <laughs> but <laughs> what
0: do he say? You said, Shout <laughs> out, don't, don't listen to him.
1: <laughs> Cannabis so,
2: consumers, I think we need to get the village back again in our own families mm-hmm. because the neighbors, I, you know, we need the village again, the state, the government, and you can't beat your children you're taking prayer out of school you're doing all kinds of things and it's like working against where is our power where what do we do now you,
0: where is our power
2: where is the power we have to gain it back we have to come back together as a family rather it's blood or rather it's Your next door neighbor, your friends that you met at work, that you've been friends for that you school. Hey, I need your help. I need your help with my child. Yeah. Maybe you could say what I've been trying to say to them, they'll listen to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had that happen. My aunt would say, I said the same thing. And it was like I was like, I couldn't get through. I said, It's how you say it. Right. It's the approach. I agree. Yeah. It's definitely the approach because if they're mad at you, they're not going to listen. If they feel that you don't love them, they're not going to listen, mm-hmm. but they'll we'll listen to the, the yeah. Right.
3: I agree. So, yeah. um, I, Deb, I thank you for being here. Um uh, Like I said, we never have enough time to talk on the really, really good subjects. Right. But it's just to kind of put a little, you know, you know, bug in, in the ear and to just have us think about certain things. And I feel like communication, you said that, that that's the key to a lot of this. It's, it's the biggest key to, to all of this communication, whether it's internally as a family, whether it is with, um, you know, law enforcement, whether it's with um, government, Right. All levels, communication is really key, right? And understanding what people are saying. We we hear people, but we're not listening to what they're saying, right? Okay. We hear families, but we're not listening to what they're telling us. And I think so in addition to communication, I think education is also key. Um, yeah. you know, when we know better, we do better. When we know what's out there and we know what, what we're fighting against, I think that that is what kind of helps us and propels us, Right. Um, every family looks different, right? So every family is not going to have, you know, the the nuclear family, the mom and the dad, or two parents mm-hmm. in the in the home and two parent household and two family incomes and you know all of that. It's not going to look that way, but it doesn't mean that um, we get to leave them behind because their family doesn't look like what uh, what we consider to be a normal family or or whatever. So I just um, again I thank you. Communication, education, and um, accountability. I still go back to that word that Jay used: accountability. And on all ends, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's government, whether it's families, we need to have accountability for what we're doing. And um, and most definitely, and being able to rely on each other and having that that um, that community again, right? That village again is so important. I would not have been able to even being married um, and raising my children. I would not have been able to do what I was able to do with them if I did not have a village, if I did not have that shared responsibility. And people and grandparents that were willing to help and godparents and my and my siblings. And and so we all needed each other. And that's how yeah. our kids were able to, you know, to be good. And no, we weren't perfect. We've made mistakes. Kimmy just said if She made mistakes. I've made mistakes. We've all made them.
1: Um, you smoke weed, too justice. No, no. never
3: never <yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> you so, it's so Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not choice. i ain't gonna lie to you but <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody but somebody's top <laughs> <you know>? right <laughs> yeah but the All thing right. is like i said it, it didn't it doesn't make any of us for per- i've made so many yes yeah. but the other thing and i'll say this not to get off topic is for parents to admit to their children about the mistakes that they made so (laughs) that my mother never pretended that she was perfect. ever she actually she actually told me too much but she told what it let me know that she was normal then i could be normal so that if i fell i could get back up again and i could start all over again But if you have parents that put themselves on this pedestal, and then you're constantly trying to live up to them, then you're not going to have communication because now you're too ashamed to go to the people that you're supposed to trust the most with everything and find a way out. So
2: I'm
3: finished. But thank you. And
2: one more thing with children, nieces, nephews, you have to let them tell their story. You have to listen to them. Rather, you think it's far-fetched. Rather, you believe it did not happen. It is their truth. And I think they need validation that you care and that you hear them.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: Yeah, I? definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I, agree pretty much with, with all everyone said. And, Deb, it was great having you on the porch tonight. Definitely uh really appreciate your insight and your wisdom and what your experience is. I mean, just to summarize what everyone's saying, I do agree, you know, ultimately, um, in order to change your behavior, you have to change your action. So in terms of the police, we could go on and on and on about the number of things that could help restore trust in our community. I think we're moving in the right direction now. I think the consciousness of this nation has been uh aware. To some degree, with the George Floyd incident, where, uh, in the words of Will Smith, police brutality has been going on, but now it's being recorded. So I think that that is now swinging the pendulum some to where um, folks are being held accountable now, and it just need, that process needs to continue on. That would help restore some of the faith in. The judicial system and law enforcement, and as far as families in the home, listen. um, You know, ain't many. Like I say, ain't many mamas like Biggie Smalls' mama. You know, in the hood right now, they're gonna put their son out and throw their drugs away, the the knowing, having knowledge of their their criminal behavior, um, and a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, Chauncey touched on a really good one though. Is like it is sometimes in your family already. You know and that's something that uh with that being the case it being in your family already having a loyalty to your family traditions are uh, you're not going to let your grandson that you know or, or your or your son whoever the cousin that's being groomed pretty much to start taking over the family enterprise you're not going to tell on them you're not going to snitch on them so I think that has a lot to do with it. And then sometimes just you know the the shame aspect of it all, too. You know, I say this real quickly from my family because I came up with a middle class neighborhood. So I was a resentful young man at eleven years old and started doing juvenile stuff and doing a lot of wild crap. And my mom and then was very ashamed of that. So they didn't even tell other family members what I was doing. they they sure as hell weren't gonna turn me in. You know, the little stuff that I was doing, but it was until they realized, like, wait a minute, hold it, you just stole a car. They was like, wait, now he getting too far to control now. And, and joyride. And they were like, the FBI came and knocked on this door. Damn. So it it is that was where they are like, okay, this is real. And so they were, you know, letting me know, okay, I'm telling you now, like what you said, Deb. If you if it's your fault, you ain't got no mama. <laughs> so that was it. That. <laughs> It kind of had with me at that point. There, you know, we just swept a little stuff under the rug, you know, trying to save face and not admit to this. But you seem like you out of control. So I'll just let you know, you are gonna stay out of control in jail. That's if right. You do something again. So you know, it, it's not a lot of that. I don't think it's as prevalent because the family values have changed, y'all. So it does really with the community start in the home and the family values and things like that and the priorities and the integrity mm-hmm. as a whole, you know what you're teaching your children and the right from wrong and the doing the things that you're supposed to do versus turning a blind eye. So it it is uh you know we we still have a long way to go with that because unfortunately I think we're regressing in family values now and the wrong things mm-hmm. are being you know magnified and 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 you know supported and overlooked and enabled you know um and this is why you know the young adolescents and teenagers you know are very frustrated they're very frightened they're very angry and they're acting out you know they're acting out you know people are acting out so they're turning to life of crimes and as we know the whole story of backstory of gangs and the affiliation of sometimes they feel like more family than your own family. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we got that aspect that's really a a horrible reality that um, young people are subjected to, you know, a lot of ways. But having a strong family is where it's going to start. You know, that no nonsense. uh, You know, you ain't going to do that in my house. um, Nipping it in the bud from an early age um, is where, you know, the secrets of the black family, uh, I think, can start to diminish.
0: I think that was well said by all three of you guys. And again, thank you, Deb, for joining us you're on You're welcome.
2: Show. Thank um, you for having me again. You're
0: welcome. And we'll we'll definitely have you back because these type of topics, Deb, they always intertwine with um, lots of other topics. Like I said, okay. we have um, human trafficking coming up. I mean, that's a huge one. You know, we have a lot of brown brothers and especially brown girls missing. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, that's that's huge. So we have that coming up and we hope you'll join us on that one and talk about yeah. things that you're seeing on that aspect. So, again, join us back on the porch next Wednesday, or you can always catch us on our social media page. Less Chit Chat Sisters on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So um, I am your girl, Kimmy, and I hope you guys have a good week on purpose. So um, joining me
3: tonight is. Auntie, thanks for being here.
1: This is your Debbie boy jb Debbie. from in oh i'm sorry no
3: nope. go
0: ahead
2: i don't Debbie. know why he interrupted like
0: that because he hates to be go when this women on here he went all the women to go first and i don't know how he i do
1: that. like yeah shivery's not dead my bag uh uh-huh. go
0: nice. ahead Deb. introduce yeah. yourself darling
1: ladies are always first that's right that's go right. ahead
0: go ahead then introduce yourself because i wasn't even worried about it then here he come go ahead then <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Deb.
1: Thank you for having me. Once again, it's your friend, your boy JB from NC. I am apologizing to the ladies uh, for interrupting that flow, but everybody did a great job. We love y'all for being on the porch with us today. Holler back at y'all. Peace. Good night. All right.
0: Good
1: night.